Let's deep dive. Hello and welcome to Deep Dive. I am your host, Erin. Today, we will be diving into the shocking disappearance of Wendy Jerome. Wendy Lynn Jerome was born on November 1, 1970, to parents Wayne and Marlene Jerome. On November 24, 1984, Thanksgiving Day, Wendy and Wayne, her father, made Thanksgiving dinner that night because her mother Marlene was at work. They ate together and did the dishes, and Wayne figured they could all take a nap and have dessert together when they wake up. Wendy asked her father if she could drop off a birthday card to her best friend Susie Keller, who lived just a few blocks away, and Wayne agreed. Wendy set off at 7 p.m. and knew her curfew was 8 p.m. Marlene woke up at about 8 p.m. asking, where's Wendy? She said she felt in her stomach something was wrong. Wayne told Marlene he had let her go to Susie's house to drop off a birthday card and said not to worry. Marlene began to call the Keller family's phone, but it would just ring. No answer. Hours went by, and she had finally reached them. Marlene asked Susie's mom if Fundy was with them. Susie's mother's response was, Marlene, hang up the phone and call the police right now. Marlene did just that, and the police were at her door shortly after and told her what had happened to Wendy. They told Wendy's parents that a man was balking by the schoolyard and found her body and called police. Marlene was confused how Wendy would be there. It wasn't on the route to Susie's house. Did she try to visit another friend before her curfew was up and was cutting through the school to get there in time? They found out Wendy had been raped and viciously beaten. She fought back against her attacker, as the autopsy showed many defense wounds on Wendy's body. Despite all efforts by the police to track and chase down all possible leads, they failed to identify any suspect, and the case went cold for three decades. An 11-year-old girl by the name Julie Hahn was struck by this murder. It stuck with her forever and changed her life. She decided that she would grow up and become a prosecutor. She eventually became chief of the Major Felony Bureau in the Monroe County DA's office. Julie joined a team of investigators who would keep this case alive those 30 years. The team working on the crime scene back in 1984 were able to extract DNA. However, they could not analyze it because CODIS did not go operational until 1998. In the year 2000, Julie and her team of investigators tried to match DNA from a semen sample, but CODIS did not bring up a hit. DNA technology continued to advance, and in 2016, they decided to test other items that they had 
and in April 2019, the state gave permission to conduct another test using familial DNA search. Familial DNA relies on genetic evidence to identify relatives of the suspect. By using this test result and re-examining old police reports, the investigators zeroed in on their suspect. 56-year-old Timothy Williams was now their person of interest. They found he was an unemployed drifter who would travel between Rochester and Florida. In 1984, he was 20 years old and lived just a few blocks from the crime scene. He did not know Wendy, which suggests that it was a crime of opportunity. He continued to live in Rochester for four years after Wendy's death and just went on with his life as if nothing ever happened. He was arrested on September 9, 2020 in Florida and extradited back to Rochester. He was charged with second-degree murder, but due to statute of limitations, he was not charged with her rape. His trial was set for June 7, 2021. During a news conference, Marlene stated, I never thought I would see this day, and now here it is. I just wish my husband had been alive to see this. He passed away in 2011, and I know he's up there with her smiling and saying, It's over. It's finally over. The trial of Timothy versus the people began in October of 2021 and lasted several weeks. The prosecution had a strong case. They had the DNA evidence, witness testimony, and physical evidence linking Timothy to the crime. The defense argued that the DNA could have been contaminated and the prosecution had not made a case of reasonable doubt that he was the person who committed this heinous crime. However, the jury found Timothy guilty of second-degree murder, first-degree manslaughter, and first-degree sexual abuse. He was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. And that is the story of Wendy Jerome. As always, thank you for hanging out with me today. If you have a story you'd like me to cover, leave a message. Again, just want to shout out to my paid subscriber, Teresa. We here at Deep Dive appreciate you. Until next time, guys. Bye. Deep Dive. Thank you.